Welcome to the Freedom Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Duggar. Now, today's guest is Dave Albin. He has been working in the area of firewalk, firewalking individuals. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, well, you're going to be finding out a little bit more about that today. Um, yes, Dave has assisted with firewalking over a half a million, 500,000 people in this venture. And it started many years ago as he began working with the Tony Robbins organization. But his story doesn't start there. His, start, his story starts before that as he came to a point in his life where he was contemplating suicide. And I'm going to tell you that when you get to that point, it's a dark place. Now, I want Dave to share a little bit about some of his points of his experience of where he got to and what got him out of that to that place where then he could start building himself up. And then now he's able to build other people up and does an amazing job at it. So, Dave, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Zach. It's really cool to be here, man. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as I mentioned, you, you had a little bit more of a rocky start in regards to where you were in the beginning. Now, not just at that point in your life that I mentioned when you're contemplating suicide, but even before that, there were some points that, that kind of had that foundational rocky start to it. So tell us a little bit about where you're coming from as you got on this journey we call life. Um, so I was born to a single mother um, in Hollywood, California, uh, actually at Queen of Angels Hospital, very famous hospital in Hollywood. And my mom had two other sons, a different father. And about two months before I was born, Zach, my biological father, who was a pilot in Korea, had somehow got an injury of some type of his head. And they put a plate in his head to save his life. But it also ended up taking his life because that plate apparently uh, was very, very painful. And he talked okay. about pain all the time. And he talked yep. to my mom about, he didn't know if he could take it or not. And uh, two months before I was born, he said, I'm going to the grocery store. And she never saw or heard from him again. So we can yep. only assume, we can only assume he took his own life. Sure. So I'm born, uh, got two other half brothers. Uh, mom's working as a server at the Fremont Hotel, which is right in Hollywood, very famous hotel. And she just, she was living with, we were all living with my grandmother in a one bedroom apartment. So there's five of us, right? So she knew she couldn't afford me, afford me. And she did a very loving thing. And that is yeah. she, she put me up for adoption and her sister, Pat Albin, uh, adopted me. Yep. And so I'm five years old. I don't know what's going on. I, I just right. know that I, Right. I'm living in Long Beach in this house with Bob and Pat Albin, who technically would have been my aunt and uncle. Yep. Well, shortly um, after that, uh, when they adopted me, actually, they stopped drinking. Both of them did. Right. And then when I was when I was 11 years old, they started drinking again. And that's yep. when everything took a turn. Zach, everything kind of went in a different direction. Uh, a really wonderful, uh, uh, you know, home thing going on there. All those years was great. We get, we went camping. We hung out. We went to dinner. We were family. And I don't want right. to say we weren't a family after that, but it just changed. The whole dynamic changed. Yeah. <clears throat> so they, they started drinking. Well, when they started drinking, I watched these two really wonderful people turn into people that weren't very nice when they were drinking. So I was very right. curious as yeah. to what – I didn't know what alcohol was. I had no references. 
So both, they were gone one day. Um, back in those days, you could leave your kids at home. Sure. <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah. in the 60s, you could do that, right? Because yeah. you just call the neighbor across the street and say, hey, Karen, hey, um, uh, Bob and I are going to the store. David's in the house. If he needs anything, can he come over? And of yep. course, the answer was, yeah, no, I'll watch David. No big deal, right? Right. And so when they left that day, I decided to go into the cabinet. I pulled out the bottle. It was brandy. I poured it, uh, uh, I poured it in a coffee cup, right? Yep. And um, about half full, and I drank the whole thing. And how old were you? I was 11 ish. Okay. Okay. Um, and it was unlike anything I could see. Some, sometimes alcohol affects everybody a little differently, depending sure. on their, their biochemistry, right? <clears throat> I, it was like pouring rocket fuel in me. I was done. Yeah. I was an alcoholic right on the spot. I never had a chance. Yeah. All I, th all I thought about was more, 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 literally from the first time I drank it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll just, you know, and what goes along with that? Well, after drinking, right. within a couple of years, I'm doing hard drugs. I'm, I'm hanging around bad people. I'm with prostitutes and I'm with pimps and I'm with drug addicts and drug dealers and guns and violence and the streets. Right. And so how I made it out of that, I'm not really sure. All I remember is um, after getting out of, kicked out of school, high school and all that, I, um, years later on June 8th of 1988, <clears throat> I decided that was the, that was the end date. I'm done. Yeah. We're not yep. doing this anymore. I can't, Zach, I right. can't do this. I am in so yep. much physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain. Um, you know, alcohol and hard drugs will just tear you to pieces inside. Right. And, and so the only real out that I think I've got is I've got a pistol and I've got ammunition. And yep. if I know that if, if I put a bullet in my head, that pain will stop instantaneously. I'm not thinking about whether, you know, where I'm going after that or heaven or hell. I'm not thinking about any of that. I don't care. I was just wanted the pain to stop. Yep. Um, and so I literally loaded the gun, put it in my mouth a couple of times. And, I, and I'm negotiating with myself, if you will. And I realized that I'm married to a woman who's got three kids or my stepkids. And I'm thinking, you know what? If you pull that trigger, you're killing them too. Yeah, because they have to deal with all the aftermath of that, the PTSD, right. you know, the cops are coming and the investigations and it'll go through school. And I just like, you know what? That's not fair. You can't right. do that to them. Yeah. So I so I ended up calling an organization called Alcoholics Anonymous. Yep. And they sent a man to come pick me up that morning. And I got in a car and he took me to an all men's group in uh, in northern virginia uh in herndon virginia and um i went to four meetings that day a 12 30 a 4 30 a 6 30 and 8 30 and yep. these men they these men knew i was in serious condition from a triage standpoint they knew that i was very very close to death so they just embraced me they put their arms around me and said look young man come we know how to help you we, we've been down this road Yep. These are professional. These are professional alcoholics, right? right? These yep. guys are not rookies. And so, uh, one day led to two, and two days led to a week, and a week went left got to a month. And once I got to a month, um, I'm looking around for it here. They gave me a chip. Yeah, we give we give chips for certain links of sobriety. So I got a chip at yep. one month. 
two months, three months, six months, nine months. And then I got the year chip and it stuck and I've yep. never looked back. This one has 34 years on it. There it is. Um, right. And so this Very June, good. thank you. This June will be 35 years for me. That's, so what that led to. I'm going to hold on. Just I'm going to press pause right there just for a second. I want to emphasize the fact that you're willing to share your story in a dark place where some people don't know how to get out of that. And yet you did find a way to get out of that. You also recognize that your decisions impacted more than just yourself. It impacted the family that you had been now a part of and the yep. children that are a part of that your life. And you made a decision to find that support and you sought it out and you found it in Alcoholics Anonymous. So I just want to emphasize that right there too. If anybody is facing that right now with alcohol and an addiction or um, other narcotics, there is support. So please, please do take that into heart. There are people that are willing to help you out there that been through that same exact thing. So thanks Dave. Now you said. Well, since you brought that part up, yes, sir. You know, something early on for me is written in the preamble, right? Alcoholics Anonymous has 12 steps, 12 traditions. The 12 steps are a design for life. The 12 traditions help run the group and give you guidance along the way, what to say, what yeah. not to say, and so on, right? So written into the preambles act, it says, and man, I this I took this to heart my my entire career. I've been in AA. And that it says, when anyone anywhere reaches out, I want the hand of AA to be there. And for that, I'm responsible. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this isn't the Qantas Club, right? This, yeah. is not, this is not the Chamber of Commerce. This is mm -hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous. And people's lives are on the line. So we, right. we as members who've been given a reprieve, we have, a, I, I believe, a really, really a large responsibility to help the next alcoholic who walks through that door. Yeah. And because if they don't, there's a really good possibility that they won't make it. They will die a horrible death. Yes. So the, so the whole idea behind AA is community and it's about hum humanitarian and it's about forgiveness and it's about yep. taking care of the wreckage of the past and saying you're sorry and getting your life back in order. So I, man, I loved it. I yeah. loved AA. I Absolutely. still do. It was a wonderful, wonderful place. Well, what that led me to was I had insomnia. So I was up late at night all yep. the time. My sleep yep. cycle was way, way off. And so one night I'm up late and I'm watching an infomercial. And and there he is, the Mr. Infomercial himself back in the back in the 80s, right? Tony yep. Robbins, Gunthy Ranker, right? There he is selling a program. It's called Personal Power. It was a 30-day program. And he would send it to you. You bought it over the infomercial. And right. in fact, I jokingly say it came on these little white things called cassette tapes. <laughs> right. And um, they sent it to me. I went through the program, Zach. I did what the man taught me to do and it worked. Well, yes. so I so some of the guys in AA saw that I was really had this high spirit and I was getting things done, starting my own businesses and just doing things as a result of going through personal power. So one of my friends, really good friend of mine in AA, I loaned him my tape program. And yep. then he bought, he bought Tony's book and read it. Well, same thing happened to him. He started doing kind of the same thing. You know, he was getting motivated. He was exercising, eating right, doing his business, you know, 
doing the doing what we were taught in the in the program. Yep. Well, seven years later, Dan calls me on the phone and says, "Hey, Tony Robbins is coming to town. He's coming here to DC. Let's go see him." So yep. I said, "Sure, let's do it." He said, "Look, I'll take care of everything. Let me call you back." So he called me back an hour later. And he said, "Done." We pick up the tickets at will call. Uh, yep. They said we needed to do some things, follow some protocol. One is um, make sure you hydrate, bring a, bring water with you, bring snacks. You're going to spend a lot of time in the room. Bring a good attitude and be ready to play full out. And I yeah. said, well, Dan, how much how much did the tickets cost? He said seven hundred dollars. <laughs> this is in 1995, right? So it's like seven yeah. grand now. So I went, well, Dan, tell you what, 700 bucks, don't you worry. I will play full out. And just as he got ready to hang up the phone, he goes, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, we're going to do a firewalk. <laughs> and he said it with this enthusiasm, yeah. like, like I'm going to do it, right? Just, right. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. And here's what's really interesting, Zach. Yeah. I didn't even know what the, I didn't even know what the hell a firewalk was. I didn't even, <laughs> right. I didn't know what it meant. I had I'd never heard yep. it before. I had no references. I'd never seen anything, read anything, nothing. All I knew was I'm not doing it. Yep. So I don't tell Dan that though, right? I don't tell my buddy. I just, I just, you know, I'll I'll take care of it when I get there. I want to see Tony. Oh, yeah. I know you don't have to do the firewalk if you don't want to. So I'm not concerned about it at all. None. So we get there. Uh Tony takes the stage at two o'clock in the afternoon. There's 3,500 people at this event. Um, he takes the stage at two, and the next thing I know, it's after midnight. And and he's basically been prepping us for 10 hours to do this firewalk, right? Yep. So next thing I know, right, all of a sudden, Tony says, take your shoes off. And I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not doing that. But then something interesting happened. I'm thinking, well, if everybody else takes their shoes off and we're all walking out there barefooted, and if I've got my shoes on, yep. they're gonna know that I'm not firewalking, and we, yep. you know, I, we can't have that. So I'm like, well, I'll take my shoes off. It's not that big deal. It's a summer night. It's beautiful outside. What's the big deal, right? Take right. my shoes off, and oh my gosh! And then as he's got you going out the door, out into this big parking lot where the firewalk is, he he gets everybody chanting. Right. So everybody's walking, going, yes, yes, yes. Right. And it's intense, especially when you yes. have 3,500 people chanting. Well, it gets even it gets even more dynamic because when you get out there, he's got African drummers. Yeah. So as soon as you walk outside, it's dun, 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 You know, you're it's it's intense, man. It's intense. And so when you get out there, what happened is, is that they started this big giant fire. They built a pit and that pit's probably 15 feet wide and it's probably 40 to 50 feet long. Yeah. And they stacked it with wood all day um, and they burn it all day, all night. And then at the end, it renders these beautiful, beautiful coals. Right. Well, what they did from there, because there's 3,500 people, they load the coals in a wheelbarrow, and then they take a wheelbarrow and position it, and then they on each side of it, they put two lanes of sod, of grass, yep. and it's about three feet wide, and it's about 18 feet long. And then yeah. they just took flathead shovels and shoveled the coals onto that sod, and that's what you walk on. 
<clears throat> well, I'm in the back, so I have no clue what's going on. I can see the fire. I got 3,000 people in front of me. Everybody's chanting. The drums are going, and I'm going to hide in the back. No one's going to know, right? 3,000 yep. people. Absolutely. No one's going to know. Right. Well, yeah, someone's going to know. I'm going to know, yep. right? So there's that sure. reckoning part of that, right? Face your fears. Because if you don't face your fears, they're going to become your limits throughout your entire life. It's just the way it is. Yep. And that's why overcoming fear is so important. And Tony knows that. That's why he's got you on day one of a four-day event. He's got you doing the fire walk. You know, you're going to face it right now, fight or flight. Yep. So I'm hiding, I'm hiding in the back, which I think is a good idea, right? Well, not right. so much. <laughs> why? Yeah. Because Tony's people who are trained know where all the cowards are. Yeah. And and their job is to go find them. Well, I'm a sitting duck. I'm out there in the back and they know where we are. So next thing I know, here comes this guy um, and he makes eye contact with me. Right. Apparent, apparently, they're trained. Once you make eye contact with someone, don't take your eyes off them. Okay. So now this guy's staring at me and I'm seeing him walking yeah. at me. And he gets probably 25 feet from me, 30 feet. And he stops and he kind of bends down and he looks into me kind of deeply and he goes, are you okay? And of course, when we're not okay, what do we say? Oh, I'm fine. fine. Good. Oh, I'm good, bro. <laughs> yeah, all good here, man. Yep, yep. No, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Go, go look at someone else, right? And all of a sudden he goes, well, hey, are you going to walk tonight? And I said, absolutely not. And, he goes, and I said it with a lot, you know, with a lot of enthusiasm. In other words, right. back off, pal. I'm not doing this. Yes. And he goes, hey, he goes, hey, man, that's cool. He goes, that's not a problem. We don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. And I thought, yep. wow, OK, I like this guy. He's going to get me out of here. Right. And then when here's a stranger, I don't know who this guy is to this day. But this guy changed my life. And he doesn't even know it. Because yeah. he asked me, he asked me the ultimate question. He said, "Well, wouldn't you at least like to watch?" And I remember thinking, "Yeah, sure. Let's watch mm -hmm. these people burn their feet off. This yeah. should be entertaining." <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, now I'm a hundred yards from where it's happening. <clears throat> I can't see anything. And he said, "Look, you can't see anything from back here. You're just just get in line, and then eventually you'll get up there, right? <laughs> yeah. You'll get up there, and you'll be able to see." And in his defense, he was telling me the truth. Yep. So I got I got in line and I'm just kind of trugging along, can't see anything. Three thousand people in front of me. I'm kind of walking along, and the next thing I know, this guy comes up and he whispers in my ear, and he goes, "He knows when you're ready. When he says go, you go." And I'm thinking, dude, you didn't <laughs> get the memo here. I'm not doing this. Right. And so I, I next thing I know, within like a minute of that, I look at an angle and I can see them. I can't see in front of me, but I can see at an angle. And Zach, they're doing it. People of all ages, all race, creed, colored, nothing to do with anything. They're firewalking. And I'm freaking. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? What what am I part of here? I mean, what you know, this is insane. Um, and again, you know, your brain's looking for answers because it doesn't have any. It doesn't know what's going on, right? Right. And it wants to be, and it wants to be right. And so the next thing I know, I'm, I'm staring at this and I'm looking and I'm watching and I'm watching. Next thing I know, boom, <laughs> there I am. I'm at the yeah. front of the line and I look down and those coals, like I said, it's about a three foot wide lane and the coals are laying there and they're bright red. 
There's no question yep. that they're hot. You can feel the heat. The wheelbarrow's there. You can feel the heat coming off, the intensity, the clapping, the drums. And all of a sudden, I'm staring into the abyss. And, and I'm freaking. My I think my heart's going to jump out of my chest any second. Right. And the trainer's the trainer standing there goes, eyes up. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I pull my eyes up, right? Because I've been in a room with Tony for 10 hours, and guess what he teaches you to do? Keep your eyes up. Yep. Don't stare at what you fear. Look at the end result to the celebration side of this, right? Yeah. And so now my eyes are up. And he goes, squeeze your fist and say yes. And I went, yes. And he went, stronger. And I went, yes. And so he could tell that I wasn't playing full out. And he kind of yep. screamed at me. He kind of screamed at me, right? Like, stronger. Like, come on, man. And I did. I I was like ticked off, right? Adrenaline. Yeah. And I, I right. threw my hands in the air and I screamed, yes, as, you know, as loud as I could. And, and he goes, go, go, go. And I took off. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so here's the first thing I learned about firewalking. When you take the first step, you will definitely take the second, third, fourth step. <laughs> which is really interesting metaphorically in life. Because if we want to do something in life, we want to start a new business, a relationship, whatever, you got to take the first step. Yep. And firewalking teaches you that you don't stop there, right? You got to keep walking uh, or your feces are probably going to get a little toasty, if you will. Right. And so they, they position two people at the end of the lanes act that kind of stop you. They're like, stop, wipe your feet and celebrate. And so I wipe my feet and I'm celebrating and a girl reaches in and grabs me, gets me out of the way because someone else is coming behind you. And right there on the spot, it was instant gratification. Yep. I, I felt, I, you know, it was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm looking back. Coals are a thousand degrees. They're bright red. I just walked on them. I have no idea how I did it. And all of a sudden it dawns on me that my feet are burnt really bad. Yeah. Right. Because I can feel it. My feet are burnt. And I look at my foot. No, it's dirty, but it's not burnt. There's not one burn on my foot. Oh, yeah. it's my other foot. I look, it's dirty, no burns. And so I even started asking people, hey, did you just firewalk? Yeah. Did you burn your feet? No. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. What in the hell just happened? Right. So here's. Here's where it gets really, really interesting, and it takes another turn, was the next day. Yep. So we all show up in the foyer, 3,500 people getting ready to go into the venue, right? And I've never seen or experienced anything like what I was part of right there in that, that next morning with all those people. Never yeah. seen anything like it in my life. Never experienced anything like it other than being back in that environment again when people do this. But people were getting along humanistically, unlike anything I'd ever seen. Right. They were laughing, they're yep. crying, they're talking, they're hugging, they're sharing their experience. And I'm thinking, did this happen because of what we did last night? Did this connect us in some, did we drink Kool-Aid as well? I mean, <laughs> right. And yet all it really was, was this thousand year old rite of passage, um, you know, experience that they call firewalking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and Tony already knew it. Tony knew it would connect us because if you firewalk, you're going into day two of a four day event and you're already saying to yourself, okay, if I firewalked, what else can I do? And that's, that, that springs you forward. 
Yeah. And so I was so blown away by this whole process that I wanted to know more. I found out that Tony uses about 300 volunteers for an event this size. Um, and of course, he does them a lot bigger than the first one I did, which was 35. He started doing four, five, six, seven, eight grand, 10 grand. In fact, uh, the largest firewalk I ever did with Tony was uh, in 2005, and we okay. did 12,300 12, people. So anyway, to, wow. to, to connect that, I, I, I became a volunteer. And then because I had a security and a military background, I got yep. pulled into the security detail to help with some of Tony's celebrities. From there, I got involved with the fire building team, which is what I really wanted to be part of. And uh, once I was there, you know, I started learning all the logistics. Uh, they offered me a subcontracting position where they actually paid me to come. And, and so I was a subcontractor starting in like 96. And then in 2003, Tony offered me the fire captain position. And yeah. when he originally offered, I said I couldn't do it because I homeschooled my kids. And they quickly offered me the position. Uh, and they said they would pay to have my kids travel with me. And so yeah. literally the next thing I know, 2003, I'm on the road with my family, with Tony Robbins as his fire captain, um, facilitating all the firewalks. And, you know, I, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours about all of that, all the people, all the yeah. celebrities, all the, all the Olympians, all the professional athletes, all the entertainers, all the rock stars, all these business people, CEOs uh, that have come to his events. And I was right there by his side during, you know, the entire process. Yeah. Um, so it was quite extraordinary. Well, it, it, it didn't stop there. <laughs> right. in, 2000, in 2014, uh, we got contacted by Google and Google wanted us to come to um, Mountain View and put on an event for them. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm at Google. And when yeah. I was at Google, I, got, I, I had a conversation. We did a glass walk. We did it during the day. Okay. This is where we show mm -hmm. you how to walk on glass. Walk, on glass. We kind of okay. offer that experience because fire walking isn't always logistically possible. Sure. And so they, they went right for it. <clears throat> we did the glass walk. In fact, I did two of them back to back one year and then the following year. And then we, uh, after the graduation, we were sitting at, at lunch with the executives who had attended and uh, two of them, you know, talked to me at lunch and said, listen, I don't know if you know this or not, but the, the marketplace for this is huge. This corporate America is starving for this kind of experiences. Something that's life-changing, paradigm shift, yeah. different, cultural, rite of passage. Oh, he goes, yeah, they'll, they'll be all over you. So you may want to consider starting something and going in that direction. Yeah. And so, I took, you know, when Google tells you there's a marketplace for it, <laughs> you know, they might be right, uh, right? Uh, they, they do have some data. Right. So that's when Firewalk Productions was born. And, um, and then from 2014, the next thing I know, we're at NASA with, you know, with um, uh, uh, astronauts in the, in the audience, uh, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, uh, Remax, Chick-fil-A, uh, the EO organization, all these organizations and all these companies that we've been honored and pleasured to serve uh, just showed up. And 95% of that was all organic. They yeah. just found me 
to, you know, because the right place at the right time. So right. it's it was absolutely um, extraordinary. And we're still we're still at it today. Uh, we added uh, to uh, the company is Firewalk Productions. Uh, we added the Dave Albin Firewalk Academy. And we okay. did that about a about a year ago. And that's where people can send their people or they can come if they're a business owner, entrepreneur, they're a life coach. Uh, the HR department wants to send somebody so they can, I teach them all these experiences and what to do and how to do it. And then they can go back to their respective uh, lines of work and, and facilitate from that perspective. So in fact, the last academy that I'm going to run is going to be this year in October uh, um, is, the, is, is the academy. And we're going to do okay. that up here in the, uh, uh, where I live in the Appalachian Mountains um in um the western part of the state of north carolina it's just absolutely gorgeous up here yeah See, so so you yeah. you took that first step back in 1995 right where was that yep. yeah yep. so you took that first step onto the fiery coals and like you said you have to then take that next step and the third step and you're going to keep going because you're walking on fire but you got to the other side not burned you had accomplished that you had overcome your fears to take yep. that step and that then brought you to new opportunities some massive life changes through your own firewalk but not only your own then being able to facilitate life change for so many other people through the tony robbins organization right. and then back in 20 starting in 2014 with firewalk productions and being able to continue that and facilitating these opportunities for a large corporate organization as well as smaller community organizations. Yeah. In fact, wow. you know, it's interesting, Zach. Um, uh, yeah. last, uh, two weeks ago, I did a podcast and I'm not sure which one I was on, but a yep. girl list, a girl that was listening to me um, actually reached out to me. Um, uh, she's got a birthday coming and yep. she wanted to, she does something really cool for every birthday. It's like it's a bucket list thing. Like yeah. last year, I think she said she went bungee jumping. Well, this okay. year she want, she wanted firewalking is on her bucket list. Yeah. So when she heard the podcast, she reached out to me. And so she'll be here in about a week and a half. And okay. she, she's coming to my home. I'm, I, you know, I will consider yep. doing private events for stuff yep. like this. <clears throat> so yeah, she'll, she'll come here. She's bringing her best friend. Uh, they're going to spend uh, a couple of nights here at my cabin. We're going to do the firewalk. Uh, and I'm going to do some other things uh, for her as well. And so, yeah, so, you know, you, you never awesome. know uh, yeah. what's going to happen. Very cool. Absolutely. And so you had also had mentioned that and this October is your last academy that you'll be running. Yes. And yep. can you talk a little bit more about what you do at that academy and what you teach and type sure. of things that people are gaining from that experience? <clears throat> um, so when they arrive um, uh, on day one, um, one of the first things I start to get into is you need to know um, the depth of, of firewalking because it's been yeah. around for hundreds of years. So let's go look at the history. You know, yeah. why did the, the Tahitians, uh, the people of India, oh my gosh, the people of India have been using firewalking for a rite of passage, graduation, uh, manhood, womanhood, all these different ceremonies that the people of India have been using firewalking. In fact, uh, during the academy, I put a picture up on the screen and it shows a woman, um, a young woman, probably in her early 20s. She's holding three newborns, literally. Yeah. And she's got like a flower in her mouth. She's wearing these beautiful silk garments 
They're all yep. beautiful pastel colors. And then they dig a pit. Now, remember, let's back up. When we do the flower walk, we sprinkle coals on top of grass. So you're walking yeah. on top of them. Here, you're walking in them because yeah. they dig a pit, right? Probably, you know, it probably goes down about a foot and a half. Wow. Yeah. And, and so the coals are this thick. They're three, right. four, five inches thick. And the picture of her, she's in the pit. She can't get out. If she drops yeah. a baby, it dot. If she drops a baby, it dies. You can't get yeah. to it quick enough, right? And they're wearing silk, which you know burns and melts very quickly. Um, and so, I love showing that because that woman, again, talk about. Can you imagine being a mom, right? And taking your three kids through a rite of passage, type, you know? Because again. Around that pit, she's got there, what looks like there's 50 people standing there, what it looks like. Yep. And they're all wearing silk garments, and they're all wrapped. And I'm assuming that's her friends and family at this graduation ceremony. Sure. So that's right. one of the first things, first things I teach them is like, look, you need to know that this has been around a long time. Will you have a profound uh, uh, experience? Oh, yeah. And that's what it's used for. So I start there with the foundation in and around firewalking in the history. Um, you know, Indo-Europeans used to uh, firewalk. And before yeah. the warriors would go off to battle, they would all do a firewalk together. And, right. if you didn't do, and if you didn't do the firewalk, then you weren't allowed to go to battle, which meant you, okay. disar you dishonored yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, they used firewalking to see if you were lying, literally, years ago in, in other cultures. So the Hawaiians... The Polynesians, the Native American Indians, again, from a historical standpoint, this is a <clears throat> this is a, a rite of passage process yeah. ceremony that's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. So from that premise, then I teach them what everything that I've learned over the last three decades, um, how to set them up, how to do them safe, um, how to talk to fire marshals, how to set yourself up in business, how to set up a, your corporations. Yeah. Uh, your insurance, uh, everything they're going to need. When they leave my academy, they actually schedule an event. And yep. then I help them facilitate that first event. Um, and then again, they can take it back to their respective business and um, use the experiences to change people's yeah. lives on a grand absolutely. scale. Yeah, absolutely. So the academy, again, is five days. Uh, there's all kinds of surprises. I bring in some really great speakers, uh, life shakers, people that have gone yeah. through what I've had, adversity, and they've, and they've used the firewalking experience to, to um, enhance you know, their company and their employees. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, five, it's intense. Um, yeah. We actually, we actually right. do, we do three to four firewalks alone. Um, <clears throat> at the last academy, I had a client that had about 80 people come to a firewalk in Hudson, North Carolina. I actually yep. took my academy to that event, that live event. So they got to see a live event in process. Well, this academy is going to be able to do the same thing. I have a large law firm out of Atlanta, and they've hired me in October. So we're going to take the team. I'm going to take them with me. We're going to go down, yep. and they're going to see a live firewalk production, uh, and they get to be part of it. So, yeah, it's it's a really, really I don't think there's anything like it on Earth. Uh, um, so we 
we, um, we're, we're really proud of that academy, and uh, uh, we've really created something beyond magical, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody's interested in finding out more about scheduling a firewalk opportunity, whether it's you or another organization, I mean, how would they even find out about that? Let's say about you, your, your organization, well, how yeah. would they find out? How would they reach out and be able to connect? Um, if they use our website, they're, they're set. Uh, okay. They just go to uh, Firewalk Adventures. One okay. word, firewalkadventures.com. And yep. it's all there. It's okay. all there. Uh, we're, we're, I've got some uh, things going on with the site over the next week. Yep. Uh, we're loading a bunch of information on the Academy. But, okay. you know, my calendar's there. You can click yep. on it. If you want to speak to me, uh, you click on the calendar, schedule an appointment, a discovery call, and then I can get on the call with you and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, whatever, whatever you're interested in. Coming to the yep. Academy, scheduling your own firewalk, um, you know, mentorship, all this stuff uh, is right there on the website. Again, so okay. it's firewalk, firewalkadventures, one word, dot com. Okay. And so you not only provide that Firewalk Academy, which is going to be in this October for the final time. So if anybody's interested, they should definitely yeah. check that out. You also do yeah. the Firewalk Productions. And then you mentioned mentorship. So you do some mentorship with individuals, with groups, or how does that work? Um, most of my mentoring is um, with fellow entrepreneurs just getting started okay. yep. um, so that I can get them, you know, um, online. I've been, a, I've been an entrepreneur since I was nine years old, 10 yeah. years old, uh, from the first time that I got my first paper out <clears throat> back yeah. in the days in the 60s that I also sold flowers on the street corner. My mom grew beautiful flowers in the backyard and she'd, she'd cut them, arrange them. She did something yeah. really cool, Zach. You can do this, do this for your for your for the significant other. So when you get yep. flowers, even from a florist, when you get them home, get them and cut, cut them. They cut them flat across the bottom. Don't do that. Cut them at an angle yeah. because that opens up more surface area to get more water into the flower. Right. Right. And then what my mom would do, she, this is a trick she did when she, she'd arrange all these flowers and put them in a bucket for me so I could take them out on the street corner, but she put a little bit of seven up in the water. And I don't, I guess it's, it must be, it's, she only used 7-Up. She wouldn't, she yep. only used clear, clear 7-Up. She wouldn't use Coke or Mountain Dew or anything like that. It was always 7-Up or Bubble Up. And she just put about a half a can in there. And my flowers would outlast every florist in town by at least a week. Okay. Right. Right. So I guess it's the sugar or something, right? As soon as she snip them, she put them in yep. the water, put the 7-Up in. And so, uh, yeah, so my customers would buy flowers with me opposed to buying them from the flower shop. And they would always ask me, so, hey, young man, you know, your flowers last a long time. What's going on? I'm like, oh, my mom takes care of it, <laughs> right? I wasn't right. gonna tell them the secret, right? right. Uh, they just, they'd go do it themselves. So I was like, yeah, my mom takes care of that. So I understand that, right? Yeah. And, and being a being an entrepreneur when you're young, you know what it tells you? There's plenty of money out there, go get it. Yeah. And so that's what, that was my mindset. I always knew right. there was a way to go find money out there. There was a way to do it. I lived across the street from a golf course, so I was a caddy. I used to paint the stripes on the balls. I worked, I worked at the golf course. I drove the cart, you know, that picked up all the golf balls and took them in and yep. cleaned them and filled the buckets back up. And 
did caddying. I mean, I found a, you know, I found a lot of work there in an entrepreneurial spirit as well. So sorry, long answer to your question, but yeah. So the, but my other mentorship is with kids too. And especially, especially in the, in the area of uh, drug and alcohol abuse, whatever side of the coin you're on, whether you're the user or you're the one that's being abused, right. By the alcoholic and drug addict who's still using and creating a destructional path along the way, I can help and talk about that as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Um, now, I also like to ask all of my guests, if you were handed a million dollars today, to no restrictions to invest in your business or otherwise, what would you do with that? First thing I would do is call my, my financial planner because I stay in my area. I stay in my zone of genius. Yep. I'm not, I am not, I am not the most, uh, I, I'm not, um, you know, uh, handling of the money and what to do with it yep. and how to make it work for you sure. and how to invest it and do all that yep. stuff. I, yep. I, I have a circle of influence. I've got people that are geniuses here. And yep. so I, I, I would, I would call up Chris, my buddy, Chris Robinette and say, Hey, Chris, yep. I just got handed a million bucks. Um, I need, I need a conference call. Yeah. <laughs> and he would. <laughs> You know, and he'd say, great, Dave, here yeah. it is. We'll put this much over here in your life insurance policy so you can borrow against that later tax-free and you can use yeah. it to buy stuff and not have to pay taxes on it. Uh, you put some over here maybe in your trust. Um, yep. You put some over here in your grandkids' accounts. Um, so, yeah, what a, what a, how much fun would that be? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, um, um, just make sure that, you know, that's an asset. If somebody hands you a million bucks, that's an yeah. asset. And what I've learned is to do yeah. a couple of things. Number one, don't ever, 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 ever buy a liability with an asset. Don't do it. Don't go out and spend money you don't have or, or yep. buy something that you don't need to try to impress people you don't know. Don't sure. do it. Right. Because every, there's only three types of people when it comes to money, Zach. And I know you know this. You have savers, spenders, and investors. Yep. <laughs> That's yep. it. And if you're a spender, then you need to take a step back and look at that because if you don't get that corrected, you'll never you'll never have any inkling what what true wealth is like. It's not going to happen. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Hate to disappoint yep. you, but that's the way it works. Now, can that behavior be shifted and corrected? Absolutely. You just have to get yep. with the right peer group to help you with that. And in fact, I have that. I have a group over here of people. It's called Replace Your University. And man, these guys are geniuses about all wealth management and financial systems and what to do, what not to do. Uh, They helped me. They showed me how to take my mortgage, which was a 30-year fixed mortgage with about 22 years left on it. And they showed me how to pay it down using a different financial tool. Um, yep. And they showed me how to pay it off in, in a little over six years without spending wow. any more money than yeah. I am now. Okay. So I was like, you know, this is one of my clients. And that's the yep. beauty of what I do is that, you know, I can become their client. They're my client. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm associating myself with major players. So yep. Build, I tell building people. Building your network. Yep. I tell people all the time, peer group is everything. You are who you spend time with. When I was drinking and drugging, guess who I was hanging with? Drug addicts, Mm -hmm. drug dealers, prostitutes, pimps. 
you know, not, not nice people. Um, right. And, and, and so, and look who I hang out with now. I get to hang out with people like you, yep. right? So that's, that's yep. really, really important. Um, because, you know, if you take your five, if you, if you take your five closest friends and you average out their income out of all five, you're within 10% of that income. Yeah. So just something to ponder, something to think about for sure. Right. Absolutely. Well, you walked through adversity, Dave. Definitely appreciate your story and the experiences Thanks, you've Doug. had. And then also your pouring into others through that experience so that you can give back. And, you know, not only those that are in adulthood, but also children that have gone through experiences that you have or yeah. are currently going through that. So I appreciate that and the time that you share too. So thank you for that. Now, if anybody does want to check out Dave's information, please check out the website, firewalkadventures.com. So I definitely Thank you again, Dave, and I wish My you the best. I uh, look forward Thanks, to hearing, hearing more about uh, how things are going as you move on to the future here and continue the work you're doing. Yeah, thanks, man. Let's do it again. All right. Appreciate it.